Sort of Mindset. This is another fun episode of the podcast. I think we're on guest 74, I believe. So we're doing something right here. Um, and today's guest is in the intersection of a really interesting brand new economy slash like workforce. And um, they're called Clutch, uh, straight out of Houston, Texas. Madison Long is their founder and CEO, and they've been around for um, a year or two, I believe. And uh, as we've seen the past few years is how the creator economy has uh, changed social media. It's really fascinating. So sorry, Madison's just going to let us know what her company does and how they're, you know, setting up creators and brands to really take advantage of uh, new all the new things that are going on in uh, media and, and, content, and personal content creators. So Madison, it's my pleasure to welcome you into the Story Mindset podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. Yes, uh, my co-founder Simone and I really had the vision and intention of being able to empower the next generation at scale. And when we really saw some of the trends toward the future of work and the ever-changing um, digital landscape, we saw an opportunity to reach out to the creators, the next gen creators who are making money and thriving in the work they do through their own creative talents in the digital world. What we often attribute to, oh, you know, they are all the next generation people love social media and spend all their time on their phone. Well, they're also finding new ways to make money and create a lifestyle that's more sustainable and joyful for the work they're trying to do long term. And so it's really an honor to be here and share more about it and explain, you know, what we're building here at Clutch. Yeah, you know, as somebody who does make content for a podcast and uh, as somebody who spends a lot of time on like TikTok, not not too much time, but like who uses TikTok and Instagram um, and seeing like all these people who have uh, just videos out there, it seems like, how does this even work, you know, because... Uh, it seems like you need to have a filmer and then you have to have like an editor, but on your end, what are you, what are you really seeing like in terms of um, who is using the platform and like who you guys have, have uh, which content creators you choose to be on the platform on uh, clutch and together with the other people? Yeah. Um, so we're definitely, you know, pretty narrow in our scope. Since we're connecting these content creators to emerging brands and businesses that are looking to elevate their digital marketing presence, typically we see graphic designers, we see TikTok creators and editors, as well as kind of general social media managers. Let's take a brand who has a sparkling beverage and they're saying, hey, I, I have a great presence on Facebook and Instagram, but I need to break into the world of TikTok and Pinterest. One of our creators can go and begin making unique, authentic content for that brand and be able to distribute it on platforms that are a little bit more time consuming or a little bit harder of a learning curve for your traditional marketing uh, firm or internal yeah. marketing team to manage. And so it makes it a really efficient way for them to hire resources that can expand their presence across multiple channels and keep up with the new uh, trends. Yeah. I got to say that, you know, like, um, how does somebody who, who like how, how does the existing or the you know until the TikTok age came handle like making TikToks and that wasn't what they went to school for like that wasn't yeah what they, you know yeah and that's 
Exactly. It's hard to to see a resume and be like, oh, you'd be a great TikToker, right? That is not a college degree. It's not a specialty of focus. There's no certifications yet. But we know that these next gen creators have been able to prove uh, building their own social profiles, building profiles of maybe the clubs and organizations they've represented and be able to build up really engaging audiences authentically. And so during our vetting process, we look for that and we think their portfolio can look a lot of different ways. Plus we have them do a skills assessment and even a test assignment on behalf of Clutch to really show that they know what they're doing and we can have the full confidence to put them in front of businesses and brands um, in a professional sense. So so are the people who are content creators on the platform, are they like contractors or like independent hires? Like how did that is that like a one-time thing? Like how does it go? Yeah, so they're all independent contractors, um, and we manage all the legal, you know, tax, all those kind of compliance obligations by making them 1099 contractors through Clutch. The work they do on behalf of the end client is typically all done, you know, with their own materials and resources, and so it doesn't really blur the lines of employee or not because they're operating independently of the business and they can work with multiple businesses um, if they need. Gotcha. Yeah, no, this is pretty fascinating space. Just since uh, I think like brands would struggle to figure out how to film and edit all these things and just costs and all that. Like it's really interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about like how the startup was kind of created just since like maybe Maybe people could see it and it could be a PR agency type of thing, but you guys are a startup, right? So like kind of what differentiates you and maybe like a marketing agency. Sure. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is the fact that we have a product that enables a lot of the work that typically a person would have to be in the middle of. So when you are looking at a marketing agency, a business owner might approach a marketing agency and they might put together a whole strategy and a whole list of uh, talent that will help them roll out a really detailed kind of statement of work. That's great. Um, But a lot of the businesses coming to us don't have the budget for these $10,000 monthly retainers to work with marketing agencies, and they don't need the strategy as much as they just need the execution. And so by having the platform allow these business owners to easily find the folks who will help them execute on their vision, one is really quick and really efficient, but also from a capital perspective, much more affordable um, to be able to just hire the end user who's going to be making that content and giving them feedback directly. And they also can hire multiple creators from all different parts of the world who might be able to represent their brand in a way that they are looking for, where at a marketing agency, you might just be represented by that local agency and the talent that they have in that local network. So it really it really opens up the level of opportunity there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's kind of crazy to think like something like this would exist because uh, I was in LA not too long ago and uh, I was staying at like one of my friend's apartments and I'm like, Hey, do you know what people do in this apartment for a living? And he's like, they're all content creators. I'm like, how do you mean? And they're like, how is that possible? How is it possible for like a, you know, a college student or like a mm-hmm. you know 25 year old who's t- technically in the entrepreneur space, just because they make videos, how is it possible for them to make a living out of that? And I know a lot of content creators too. Like we've had one 
who quit Google to be on the podcast here. And just like thinking like, how do people do something that's really new and there isn't a guidebook to it? Like, yeah, I, just, I, I think, yeah. So I guess to pose a question to you, like what, what, um, how are these content creators so successful? Like, what do you think makes them good? Or like, how do they become like leaders in their space or like just people that are trustworthy to work with in, in your area? Yeah, I think that part of it is really hard to explain to someone who might think of the more traditional career path and say, okay, if I become a pharmacist, I'm going to make $110,000 after graduating. And this is what I need to do to get those credentials to do that. And it can be very focused. Um, But I think that the kind of beauty of the creator economy is that it's the other creators educating the other creators on how to monetize their creativity. And so they're watching the YouTube videos of people who went from streaming casually to getting paid, you know, by Discord to stream every day or, you know, went from building an audience of 2000 followers to 200,000 and started working with brands. There's a lot of research and trial and error and experimentation that I think content creators are comfortable with taking those risks and trying new things and thinking outside the box and being okay if it doesn't work because they love what they do. And I think that's the fundamental difference. Um, You can't be an entrepreneur in any sense without risking failure and potential embarrassment. Um, But going outside of your comfort zone and being able to say, no, I love what I'm doing here. And I'm excited to share it with the world in a more, in a, in a unique way that's authentic to myself is really the only way to see if content creation is for you. You can't, you can't do a cookie cutter, the same journey that that person who left Google is on is not the same journey. Another content creator is on. And that's, I think what really distinguishes the creator economy versus just general freelance. If you are a freelancer and you're doing the Ubers and the lifts of the world, that's pretty indistinguishable. Your car might be a little different and your driving style might be a little safer than another. But at the end of the day, everyone's kind of having a similar experience. In, a cre- in the creator economy, those type of freelancers, all those experiences are unique because no one can be you. And that is what leads the value add. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like... Uh... It's it's a lot. It's not really like it's in the art category too. Just because it's, it's all um, kind of out of imagination and creativity. Because you know, there's five different content creators who film like a car video, but none of them are going to use the same angles or the same right. text or like editing skills. So it's really insane to kind of fathom. <laughs> just because, I mean, it's it's happening before our eyes and we, we, we don't really have enough time to process it, but that's how sure. all this stuff kind of just happens. I don't, I don't think it's falling off anytime soon, even though like, no, what, what do you think? Yeah. So if, if you had to say like the growth of the, the content creator economy, like, do you know like how big it's going to grow or like what your forecast or like what your predictions are in that sense? Um, yeah, I have, There's a lot of predictions just even in the general freelance world that, you know, 50% of the United States will be freelance by 2027. Um, But I also think some predictions for specifically for creator economy, I think that 
the creator economy is going to really be industry agnostic. I think you could be a dentist and be part of the creator economy. If you're building a profile on TikTok, telling people tips on how to have healthy oral hygiene, you could build up a following and be sponsored by Crest and Colgate long-term. And I think that there's really, that is the future where it will be, instead of it having to be all or nothing of either you're a creator or an influencer or you're not, there'll be a lot of cross, uh, you know, dipping of, I have a career and I'm also a creator. I have my passions that I'm also able to monetize. And that is what I think will be really, really fascinating um, long-term. For, for the content creators who are just starting out or kind of new and they're looking to monetize because that's kind of what makes it sustainable, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. necessarily make YouTube video or videos, TikTok videos, Instagram reels or any anything really without the money coming in. Like mm-hmm. it just seems like a really confusing puzzle in terms of like how to get money for so the content creators that they share like their views or the brand deals basically off of the followers and views is that still like what it is or is it say like somebody has a lot of talent but they haven't done their their following hasn't grown so far does that work for you guys or how do you sound yeah absolutely so the thing about clutch is we aren't just saying you need to be the best influencer with the biggest following and the most engagement. You need to be able to understand a brand's vision and be able to execute on it in a way that is accurate and, you know, clearly depicts the brand's values and speaks to the customer and audience that they represent. There's a lot of creators out there who might have under 10,000 followers, which doesn't even make them a micro influencer. They're really, really small, but are able to make this organic content and sell it to the businesses. So when people come to Clutch, that's also what they're doing. They're able to make that organic content and the business then can use that for advertisements, for their social media pages, for their Amazon storefronts, whatever it might be to be able to reach new audiences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, content, content definitely is still king. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it's just you know uh, somebody who just wants to make a short blog about their trip to Mexico or like right, it's it all kind of just ties in. If they have like editing skills and mm-hmm. the video is good, it just seems like what's missing to 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 do that. So it's, it's kind of right. Just, Hard to hard to believe. I mean, I mean, for you guys, how long have you guys been uh, in business for since you guys created the company? Yeah, so we have been working on kind of this iteration and version of Clutch for about a year, um, a little over a year. Uh, that was when we went full time and fully dedicated resources to be able to bring this to market. But Simone and I had been working on different iterations and actually pivoted uh, twice prior to landing on this current model. And we actually started those efforts before the pandemic. A lot of things in the pandemic changed the way we think of freelance work and the future of work, which allowed us to really step up and create a solution that's responding to people's ever-present needs. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so I guess like it was kind of, I'm just wondering, like, how many creators do you guys work with and, like, the brands? Like, if yeah. you can, I don't know, share about that. And sure. 
Totally. So it's very early stages still, but we have over 200 creators that have gone through our full vetting process and are ready to go and work with our businesses um, with over like 140 businesses in our pipeline and 35 that are actively engaging with our creators right now. That's kind of our current pool, but on our wait list, there are over 3,500 creators. And so we're trying to be really thoughtful and intentional about building both sides of the marketplace at a similar rate. And so we have to sometimes keep folks on a wait list until we have more uh, work for them to do. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, pretty impressive, you know, like how many content creators can um, eventually be on the platform. It's, it's just hard to, hard to believe. Um, I guess like for you, what's been the most fun or like memorable experience building Clutch so far? Yeah, I think the most memorable thing for me is actually hearing from our creators. We have creators who were saying, you know, I had 87 cents left in my bank account before working with you all. And now I'm getting paid hundreds of dollars a week to be able to do stuff that I already was doing and I'm already good at and love. Those <laughs> yeah, like those <laughs> those stories are really it, it, that's what it's for. That's what it's all about. You know, we're trying to create opportunity that didn't exist prior and create it for a group that often is overlooked. Younger folks are often, oh, well, you don't have the experience. You don't have 15 years of marketing experience. How could I possibly work with you? And our point is that's who you need to work with. People with 15 years of marketing experience are used to the old forms and the old ways of efficiently marketing. And that is changing so quickly. We want to put you in front of people who really get it. And that is, that's a hundred percent what wakes me up every day and makes me excited to do what we do. Just, just, you know, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Like uh, that's such an amazing like example where somebody had less than a dollar in the bank account and, now you know they're they're making money and their lives are changing. So right. that's so amazing for for you guys and them and you know the brand. I think like you know there's this like kind of hierarchical thinking in not Silicon Valley only, but like corporate America where somebody needs to get the resume perfectly. Um, and you you just gave an example of somebody who's <laughs> either a high schooler, you know, just. Uh, yeah, a freelancer and they're they're mm -hmm. um what's it called they're they're not checking all the boxes like do you think that the brands on the other side of the marketplace are taking a risk there or like do you think that they think they're taking a risk or like what's been their like adoption of this uh of you guys and, and the whole new new uh media space yeah, I think that there's the idea that it's a little riskier to work with younger folks who maybe aren't, you know, uh, 10 years into a career, but the risk is often mitigated by the confidence that they have working with us, us acting as the middlemen, you know, they're not oh, just okay. reaching, they're not just DMing a random creator on Instagram and saying, hey, can you start doing this work? That's very risky. They're saying, mm -hmm. hey, okay, your vetting process, the profiles that align with what our needs are. And even the interview that the business does with the creator before working with them de-risks a lot of that. Then also these creators are very affordable. So, you know, for maybe a thousand dollars over the course of a month, you find out, is this a creator that I really want to work with uh, long-term? 
And a thousand dollars is way cheaper than, you know, going out and conducting 30 interviews yourself, finding someone, negotiating a full-time salary, having them start and then them not working out. Right. Yeah. That is, that is far more inefficient and way. That that happens a lot. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I kind of just got into the creator economy in 2018. I was reading a book by Gary Vee called Crushing It. And Mm -hmm. at the time I had a job that I didn't, really completely like love other than getting paid and mm. he was just explaining different but at the time tiktok was called musically and um yeah just four years from that moment to, to now where you have a startup that is like giving people the platform and like the ability to be content creators and entrepreneurs at the same 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 sentence um wow that's that that's uh like a pinch yeah you gotta pinch me to to kind of believe that just since like i grew up going to school and like just thinking like um you know go to school get a degree and then that degree is gonna get you a job but that's been flipped on its head like the last two years i guess just um you like personally just uh i guess like the question would be like how do you get the confidence to do something that is really brand new and you're banking on like the future where there's not too much proof to show to like an investor or something like that that this would work like how do you kind of perceive that um thought yeah i think yeah i think inherently it is scary to say okay how are you going to create something that doesn't exist and put it into the world and expect people to invest in it buy into it and everything else and it there's no one way to do it other than just starting, in my opinion, just starting, just doing piece by piece. There's a lot that I didn't know when I started most. I knew basically nothing when I started. I still feel like in the scheme of things as an entrepreneur and on this journey, I have so much more to uncover and discover, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the ambiguity of not knowing what's around the corner, but still embracing that chaos as well as the excitement that comes with being able to prove to yourself, to your investors, to your team, to your community and customers that there is value in what is being created. And so it's a dance, I feel, of having a vision and having conviction for that vision and doing the work to execute a little bit more every single day. And be comfortable taking feedback and being able to iterate and learning from experts and being able to say, maybe I'm going down the wrong path, or maybe there is a bit better opportunity if I just make some slight adjustments because no one knows everything. And everything, in my opinion, is an iterative process, especially in entrepreneurship. Again, there's no, there's no handbook for what we've been able to create but there are a lot of great people that can help guide you along in the way no that's beautiful advice i think uh that, that's applicable to yeah any, any new venture like anybody who's starting something for the first time kind of coming towards the end of the podcast here but do you want to give you the the um last couple questions here um so i guess like the first question is if you were to uh in your own words, explain your startup mindset in a few sentences. What would you say that is? Yeah, um, I'd say my startup mindset 
fully encompasses two different kind of practices, one being a growth mindset and one being design thinking. Um, a growth mindset, meaning I'm constantly evolving, taking feedback and iterating and learning on the way. And at no point do I think I'll ever know everything I need to know or our team will ever be perfect. We're constantly growing and evolving. Um, and then the other side is design thinking, where it's critical to have those pieces of input come from your customers, design around the solution that is solving a real problem for the people in whatever community you're solving it for. Um, part of design thinking is taking a lot of time on the uh, kind of empathy stage, really getting into the weeds of what complex problem are you solving for and getting feedback on the solutions you're proposing, continuing to iterate. And so they're very similar in a lot of ways, but allow us to be flexible and agile in this ever-evolving world. That there's an opportunity like every day, like for a content creator, like you don't need um, a thousand dollar camera or you don't need, right? you could, you could kind of just do it with kind of, maybe borrow a friend's computer and, and like correct um, it's insane and just, just start yeah i think i think you do have something cool where it's like the intersection of artistic expression and tech so yeah it's hard to hard to kind of get that in the first place um the last you know last part here is how do uh listeners of the show listen to, uh you know be be create or work with clutch or learn more about clutch and, and go from yeah there? Totally. So if there's any creators out there who are looking to, you know, uh, monetize their talents and start working with these emerging brands, check us out. We're at thatsclutch.com. And same with any small business owners. Maybe you are a consumer packaged goods company or a beauty brand. And you're like, it's a lot for me to manage everything on social and everything in the digital marketing world. And you need some freelancers to help out. We have, you know, folks ready to go and we'd love to support you in the, your growth. Um, yeah, but, and you can connect with me as well. I'm Madison Long, L0NG on all socials. And yeah, we'd love to get in touch. Yeah, Madison, this has been amazing. I mean, have a great rest of your weekend, and I can't wait to you know watch what you guys do in the future. So, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to staying in touch. Yeah. Just want to say thank you so much to the listeners of the Startup Mindsets podcast. This is your host Dan, and yeah, if you guys would like to hear more, subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify or any other services that um, you're listening listening to us on. And uh, yeah, more to come from us. We just launched our website, and we're going to be launching our Instagram pretty, pretty soon. Check out our website at startupmindsets.com, and uh, follow us at the Startup Mindsets on LinkedIn or Instagram. So, yeah, thanks again.